I liked one of the statements from that message in Plan B World. He said, God doesn't build with grade A lumber. God often uses plan, what we think are plan Bs are really God's plan A. God is always at work, even though we, we don't always understand what He's doing and how He's doing it. I want us to think about that a little bit this morning from Acts chapter 16. You can take your Bible and turn there with me. Pick up reading there in just a few moments. Have you ever thought about this? How are you supposed to know where you are supposed to be? Is life just a series of lucky guesses or in some cases not so lucky guesses? Or is God really in control? Does God really have a plan? And how does God let us know what that plan is? As you read through the book of Acts, you see men and women who are guided by the Holy Spirit of God. We looked at in the beginning of our study in the book of Acts in our theme verse for this, this whole book of the Bible, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He's given us a job to be witnesses. He told us where we're to be witnesses, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. But He's also given us the means, the power to accomplish that mission. He's given us the Holy Spirit of God. Where we are in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas and Timothy have left Antioch. They're traveling on what we call today the second missionary journey. In other words, they were traveling from city to city, from place to place, sharing the gospel. They were starting new churches and they were helping to encourage churches that had already been started. You'd say, well, that makes sense. Can you imagine being the travel agent for Paul and Silas and Timothy? In fact, today we're going to learn that their travel agent was none other than the Holy Spirit of God who guided and directed them to put them where He wanted them to be in just the right place at just the right time to accomplish the purpose that He had for them. And I want you to know this this morning, that God will guide and direct you. He will lead you. He will put you right where He wants you to be in just the right place at just the right time. But that calls into question, does that mean God is in charge when you lose a job? Does that mean God is in charge when you go through a health crisis? Does that mean God is in charge when something unforeseen takes place in your life? Well, I think the Christian church answer would be, yes, of course God's in charge. But do we really live that way? Or do sometimes we live our lives as if life is just sort of this thing that hopefully you get better at over time and you just figure it out little by little and sort of fake it till you make it, right? I don't believe that's the way that God's Word teaches us to live. But I think if you're honest this morning, you might come to this passage of Scripture and say, you know, to be perfectly honest, sometimes that's how I live. More of a God why, God what kind of life instead of, Okay, God, yes. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll follow you where, where you want me to go. God, 
in this situation where I'm at right now, in this place, in this circumstance, with these people, I'm going to trust you that you have a plan and a purpose for my life. How do you know where you're supposed to go? How do you know what you're supposed to do? Well, in our text this morning in Acts chapter 16, we're going to see two examples. One, when the Holy Spirit says no, and another, when the Holy Spirit says yes. But in both cases, I think you'll see the response of Paul and Silas and Timothy is very much the same. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit leads by saying no. You ever thought about that? If you got everything that you asked for, everything that you wanted, would you really have what God wanted you to have? Or would you just have what you wanted to have? So the Holy Spirit does lead when He says no. The Holy Spirit also leads when He says yes. You know, when He puts us in a new place, a new situation, new circumstance. The Holy Spirit's leading when He says go. He's also leading when He says stay. Let's look this morning, Acts chapter 16. Look at verse number 6. The Bible says, Now when they had gone, this is Paul, Silas, and Timothy, throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now this is not what we think of as all of Asia today with, you know, of course, Japan and China and Thailand and, and Taiwan and in North Korea and South Korea, and it, this is not all that it's speaking of. It's just talking about a small region there in uh, near the area of Greece. But it's interesting that the Holy Spirit, as they traveled through this region, the Holy Spirit said, this is not where I want you to preach the gospel. Now think about it. Hadn't the Holy Spirit of God been given to them so that they could be witnesses to the uttermost part of the earth? Why not Asia? Did God not love the people there? No, He does. In fact, you'll see later in the book of Acts how God made sure that the gospel made it to these regions. The gospel made it to these cities. Sometimes we think, well, what is God doing? Does God contradicting His word? No, God always is faithful to His Word. God never contradicts. Sometimes He redirects us, but He never contradicts His Word. So as you read these words here, don't think that, well, God didn't want the gospel to get to this part of the world. No, God did. But God knows what the right timing is in every situation. See, we think, well, if I get there right now, that's going to be the right time. God might say, no, I want you to get there later because it's not the right time yet. Think about that throughout the pages of Scripture. As the Jews were longing for their Messiah to come, for Jesus Christ to come. And what does the Scripture say? Now when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, right? Born of a virgin. God sent Jesus Christ when the time was just right. That idea of fullness of time, that's like the, the time was pregnant, about to give birth. We joke sometimes, I've been telling Billy and Lisa this, that babies are always born on their birthday, right? 
But I, I remember going through this with my wife. You're looking forward to, when's this baby going to be born? Our first child was born 11 days past his due date. But you know, he was still born on his birthday. Our second child was born on his due date. Our third child was born 11 days past his due date. Why does God do those things? Because doctors can say whatever they want. Babies are always born on their birthday. But we look at life and situations and we say, well, I, I think it needs to happen right now in this place, in this way, at this time. If, if it doesn't happen the way that I can imagine it, then it's not going to work. God's in charge. You're not. As they were traveling throughout this region, the Holy Ghost said, no, this is not where you're going to share the gospel. But don't think it wasn't because God didn't love those people too. The gospel got to them. It just was a few years later. Notice verse number 7. It says, after they were come to Mycenae, they essayed to go into Bithynia. All right, here we're going to go next. All right, Lord, you, you, you didn't let us go into Phrygia and Galatia. We couldn't preach the gospel in Asia. So how about Bithynia? It says, but the Spirit suffered them not. Once again, the Holy Spirit said no. Later on in the New Testament, we read in one of Peter's letters of his ministry to the city of Bithynia. The gospel got to Bithynia, but God didn't have Paul and Silas and Timothy to take the gospel to Bithynia. Sometimes we think, well, if I don't do this, then it won't get done. And we need to do what God wants us to do because God's in charge. And then look at verse 8. It says, and they passing by Mycenae came down to Troas. So they've bypassed all of this region. And if you have a map in the back of your Bible that shows the second missionary journey, you can look this up online as well. You can see this area as they came north out of Antioch and they began to travel west towards Italy as they traveled across all of this space. And little by little, as they're working their way across, there's a huge patch of ground that they just went through and they didn't stop. But they made it all the way to Troas, this port city there on the Aegean Sea, just across the way, across a little patch of ocean to get to where Macedonia, Philippi was. And it said in verse number 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. I want us to begin by looking at the first couple of verses of our text, verse 6 and 7, and think about this. How do we listen when the Holy Spirit says no? When the Holy Spirit says no, we see twice, once in verse 6, when he says they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And then in verse number 7, it says, but the Spirit suffered them not. When they went to share the gospel in Bithynia, the Holy Spirit said no. Now, there have been many people throughout the years who have 
tried to guess as to how the Holy Spirit said no. And you know what? God didn't record for us in Scripture how the Holy Spirit said no. We just know that He did. So this is not a message on all the ways that the Holy Spirit can say no. Because if God wanted us to know that, I think He would have recorded it for us in Scripture. Can we say that? Where God is silent on a matter, then we are okay being silent on that matter as well. But where God speaks, we need to listen. We need to pay attention. So don't worry so much about how the Holy Spirit said no. We just know that He said no. The answer to that question is not important. The issue that is clear from these verses is that these men were able to hear and to discern the Lord's direction. I want to give you three thoughts on how to listen when the Spirit says no. So how do you listen when the Spirit says no? How do you even know when the Spirit says no? No, I would say, first of all, we must be able to listen for the Spirit's voice. However, they knew that the Spirit was not allowing them to go into this region. Paul and Silas and Timothy clearly knew that the Holy Spirit said no. They were able to hear when the Holy Spirit spoke. And the Word of God gives us some insight as to how we can hear the Holy Spirit and some things that keep us from hearing the Holy Spirit One thing we notice from Scripture is that sin makes it difficult to hear the Spirit's voice. If you have sin in your life, in other words, if there are things you're doing that you're not supposed to be doing, then don't expect to hear from God's Holy Spirit. If there are things in your life that you are not doing that God has commanded you to do, then don't be surprised when you don't hear the Spirit's voice. God's Holy Spirit was given as the power to take the gospel to the world. God's Holy Spirit was the means by which the Great Commission was to be accomplished. So if you're not going to be faithful in the mission that God has given you to do, then don't expect to hear the Spirit's voice. Why would the Holy Spirit speak to us and tell us things to do when we're not already obeying the clear commands of Scripture. If you're not going to follow this instruction, why would I need to give you another one? If you're not faithful in the little things, then you're never going to be faithful in the big things. If you're not faithful where you've been put with the commands that are clear from God's Word, then why would you ever be faithful to do something in addition to what God has already told us to do. A lot of people go around and say, well, I would, I would obey God if God would just tell me what to do. He already has. See, if you want to hear from God, read His Word. You say, well, I want to hear God speak to me out loud. Then read it out loud. <laughs> it's God's Word, is it not? Are we going to obey it? I want to read to you from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 to 13. The Bible says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. You want to hear from the Holy Spirit? Then don't harden your heart. 
as in the provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. He uses the example of the children of Israel as they were wandering in the wilderness. God spoke to them and told them what to do. And what did they do? They hardened their hearts. They disobeyed. He said, no, we're going to do it our way. And so God said, okay. And he let them wander for 40 years. You see, when you aren't listening to the Holy Spirit, you spend a lot of time wandering around, wasting your time, wasting your energy, wasting the resources that you have because you're doing it your own way. And God is a kind and loving God. He, he lets people wander. He could just wipe them out. But maybe you feel like you're wandering in life. Are you living in sin? Have you confessed to God those things that you're not doing that He's commanded you to do? Have you confessed to God those things that you are doing that He's told you not to do? It's really hard to hear the Spirit's call when you're living in sin. I would say as well, personal agendas make it difficult to hear the Spirit's call. Look back at Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 12. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. A lot of people living for themselves, doing their own thing. I have my own agenda. I have my own plan. This is how it has to happen. Now, God bless it, right? God bless me as I do what I want to do. No, that's not what Scripture teaches us to do. God blesses us as we're doing what He wants us to do. We can't expect God's blessing when we're just doing, really, when it all boils down, we're just doing what we want to do. So I'm God's child. Shouldn't He bless me when I'm doing what I want to do? Well, do you bless your children when they do what they do all the time? No, sometimes you do in spite of what they do. But often the blessing comes in obedience, right? The blessing comes in obedience. Personal agendas make it difficult to hear the Spirit's voice. This goes right along with this idea. Distance between you and God makes it difficult to hear the Spirit's voice. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You see, if you're not walking close to the Spirit, instead if you're walking according to the ways of your flesh, if there's a distance between you and God, it's going to be difficult to hear the Spirit's call. See, life doesn't have to be just a, a bunch of guesswork, a bunch of, well, I'll just kind of try this for a while and see what happens, and then we'll go over here. No, I believe as a Christian, as a child of God, we can live in the confidence of the Word of God 
that we're walking in the will of God, doing the work of God. There you go, you got three W's to remember, right? That I'm walking in the Word of God, faithfully in the will of God, so that I'm able to accomplish the work of God. If you had to examine your life over this last week or this last month, could you honestly say, I was doing the will of God? I was faithful. I did what God wanted me to do. I said what God wanted me to say. I went where God wanted me to go. Could you say that? Or would you maybe have to say, well, I sort of tried to some of the time, but honestly, I was kind of doing what I wanted to do. I was going where I wanted to go. I was just reacting to the situations I found myself in rather than living a life with purpose for the Lord. See, if you're going to listen when the Spirit says no, then you have to be able to hear His voice. You've got to listen for His voice. Secondly, you must obey the Spirit's leading. Obey the Spirit's leading. Notice back in our text, verse 6. It says, after they'd gone throughout Phrygia in the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, notice then in verse 7, and after they were come to, I don't know what's going on, but that's crazy. I'm going to go get another microphone. I think it will. All right, let's see if this one works. It's, it's coming. Notice verse 7, after they were come to Mycenae, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And then look at verse number 8. And they passing by Mycenae came down to Troas. Now, if you follow this on a map, it's a little bit easier to see. But the idea is very simple. They went to one place and the Holy Spirit said, no, not here. And so they kept moving to the next place. Then the Holy Spirit said, no, not there either. And they kept going all the way to Troas. They traveled a long way with the Holy Spirit saying, not here, not there, not yet. Keep moving. See, each time the Holy Spirit said no, they were careful to obey. They knew the mandate that God had called them to go into the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. Paul understood that he was the apostle to the Gentiles. This was not a change of the mandate. This was a clarification of the direction and timing of God's work. You see, you don't need the Holy Spirit's leading to obey the clear commands of God's word. The Spirit helps us by encouraging us, by comforting us and guiding us as we're faithful to obey the word of God. I like what Eliezer said in the Old Testament. This was Abraham's servant. And Abraham had sent him to go and to find a wife for Abraham's son Isaac. And so he sets on this gigantic journey, probably well over a thousand miles, and he's traveling with a bunch of camels across the desert, the wilderness. What a chore. Some of you have worked hard to find your wife or your husband. Imagine having set out across the wilderness. This was a lot tougher than you, you think the internet is a wilderness. Imagine actually going through a wilderness on camels to go find a wife. And it's not for you. It's for your master's son. What a job. What does Eliezer do? He prays and asks God for help. Later on, he makes this statement. He said, I, being in the way, 
the Lord led me. How did Eliezer find a wife for Isaac? Was it luck? Or was he obedient to follow God's direction? Remember, he goes and he prays that God would make it clear that, you know, who, who he should find as a wife. And he's there with all of his camels. And all of a sudden, Rebecca comes out and she begins to draw water out of the well and give water to all of his camels and all of, all of the people that were with him. And Eliezer thinks, all right, this is, this is a special young lady. And he goes home with her to her father's house and later asks her father's uh, permission to take his daughter to go and to be a wife to Isaac. And God provided a wife for Isaac through very difficult and interesting circumstances because of the faithfulness of Eliezer and his willingness to obey God's leading in his life. You see, when you're obeying the Spirit's leading, he may tell you to go places that you don't really want to go. Paul and Silas and Timothy had to travel across a lot of land. God, why can't we just stop here and share the gospel? This is a lot of traveling. My legs are tired. My feet are tired. I'm tired of riding on the back of this donkey. I'm tired of going to the next town. Next, I mean, these are real people, right? I got tired this week and I rode on an airplane. I wasn't on a camel or a donkey. Can you imagine if I just got back from a week in California on my donkey? I wouldn't even be here today. And still be in California on my donkey, traveling across. You say, God, what are you doing? You know, God moves at the speed of a donkey. God can move at the speed of an airplane. God can put you right where he wants you, right when he wants you there. And God put them in Troas at just the right time to accomplish the work that God had for them to do. Obey the Spirit's leading. Don't disobey God and use the excuse, well, I'm just waiting for God to direct me. Because if you're not obedient to what God has already told you, don't expect to get further direction from Him. Waiting on God is not disobeying God. When you're waiting on God, you're not disobeying God's clear commands. Rather, God speaks to you through his word. God speaks to you through your spiritual authority that he's put in your life. So continue to serve faithfully where you are. Continue to obey God where he has put you. Even if he's saying no or he's saying wait where you are right now. So obey the Spirit's leading. And I think thirdly, we can see from our text, how do we listen when the Holy Spirit says no? We continue to move forward. Each time the Spirit said no, not here, they said, okay, well, we'll keep moving to the next place. At no point in time do you see these men get to a place like, well, Lord, what are we doing out here? Let's just go back home to Antioch. No, they knew God had called them to go. So they continued to go. They continued to go forward trusting that God would put them in the right place at the right time. Some have made excuse of circumstance as to why they don't obey God. Lord, you know I would obey you if my circumstances were different. If I had more money, I would give. If I had more time, I would serve you, Lord. If I had more energy, if I had a better situation, then I would 
continue to follow you, Lord. But right now, you know my situation, God. I just can't serve you. My friend, that's not the example of Scripture. These men, they were out on a mission, and God says, no, not here, not here, not here, not here. But they continued forward. They had to travel a long ways hearing the Holy Spirit say no. Some have made the excuse of poor leadership as to why they disobey God. Well, my spouse doesn't want to follow God, so I can't. Well, my church is not as doing all the things I think they should be doing, so therefore, why are you making excuses? Don't make excuses about your situation. Don't make excuses. Well, the other people around me aren't serving God. Well, if I was in a place where I had more freedom, then I would witness. You see, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word of God, but He may redirect your path as you continue to follow God. How do we listen when the Holy Spirit says no? We must be listening for His voice, confessing sin, being right with God, drawing near to God. As we draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to us. We must obey His voice. Do what He says, even when He says, stay. Even when He says, no, continue to be faithful to obey His Word, the Word of God. And we must continue to move forward. So let's look down at verse number 9. Only two big points today. Because I want you to see how to listen when the Holy Spirit says yes. We tend to like those things better. When God opens a door, when God supplies a need, when God gives clear direction of moving forward in a situation, it's a lot more exciting to go to a new place or have a new opportunity to say, Boy, look how God provided. He gave me a new job. Look how God provided. He gave me a raise. Look how God provided. He gave me this wonderful home. Well, look how God provided when he didn't give you a raise. Look how God provided when he put you in that difficult health situation. Look how God provided even when it feels like to us he's saying no. So look at verse 9. It says, in a vision, Paul's in Troas now. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. So what do we do when the Holy Spirit says yes? Well, these points are going to sound very familiar. Number one, we have to be able to listen for the Spirit's voice. Now, we don't know this, but I wonder, would Paul have received the vision of the man in Macedonia saying, come over and help us if Paul had not been in Troas. Now, we don't know. God could have spoken to him anywhere. But if you look on a map, it's really interesting. You know where Troas is in relation to Philippi? It's just across the water. It was the port city 
that when God said, all right, it's time to go to Macedonia, they were able to hop on a ship right there and go. If they had been back in Bithynia, it would have taken them a long time to get there. If they had been back ministering in Asia where they had first set out to go, it would have taken them days, weeks even, to get to Troas. God was using all of those no's to put them right in the right place at the right time so they were ready to hear the Spirit's voice once again. If the Holy Spirit were to speak to you this morning, would you be able to hear Him? Well, if He came to me in a vision, would you be in a right position to then obey Him? If Paul and Silas and Timothy had not been in Troas, it would have been much more difficult to, and that's our next one, to obey immediately. Okay, Holy Spirit, we'll get to Macedonia, but first, we've got to travel. We've got a long ways to go because I know you told us.